chapter number four. The book of Nehemiah chapter four. And we're going to begin with verse number four. Nehemiah chapter four. And we're going to begin with verse number four. Nehemiah chapter four. And we're going to begin with verse number four. It's just so good to see you. Here begins the reading of God's holy and eternal word. Nehemiah chapter 4, and we're going to begin with verse number 4. Then I pray, hear us, O our God, for we are being mocked. May their scoffing fall back on their own heads. And may they themselves become captives in a foreign land. Do not ignore their guilt. Do not blot out their sins. <clears throat> For they have provoked you to anger here in front of the builders. At last the wall was completed, verse 6, to half its height around the entire city. For the people had a mind to work. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse number 6. And I want us to look at that. And I want us to allow that to soak in our hearts and our minds. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse number 6. I'm going to read it again out of the NLT uh, translation this morning. And the Bible says, uh, at last the wall was completed to half its height. Around the entire city, for the people had worked with enthusiasm. Again, the people had a mind to work. Father, in the name of Jesus, standing on your word, trusting in your power, open up the floodgates of heaven. Give us wisdom and revelation to flow in which you have ordained and established. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Glory to God. Perfect. Amen. I want us to deal with this particular passage of scripture. Uh, the book of Nehemiah is a book that deals with rebuilding. And we are in a season now of rebuilding. Everything around us is changing. Everything that we see is moving. And as I've been praying and just spending time with God these last few weeks, I believe that this is a clarion call for transformation. A clarion call for transformation. This is a time in which we must have an ear toward heaven and also having feet on the ground. Amen. I'll say it again. It's a time we have to have ear toward heaven, but also must have our feet to the ground. What does that mean? That means that we've got to be open. For whatever God wants to do, however he wants to do it. I was meditating this week, as Josh, on this particular passage of scripture. And, and it's interesting how the enemies began to arise. Somebody say arise. arise. The enemies began to arise as the building takes place. I have discovered 
Whenever criticism comes, I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to cut it straight today. Whenever criticism comes, whenever unjust or unnecessary criticism comes, I've learned, Mr. Geraldine, to deserve the source. And brother, I, know I, have, I have come up with this, this personal maxim, this personal lesson and principle in my own life. I'd rather be the criticized than the critic. I'd rather be the criticized than the critic. Why? Because the person being criticized is working. Because you don't criticize anyone who's doing nothing. Once you begin to develop the ability to work, it invites attack. Better hear what I'm saying. And sometimes you find yourself in certain levels of warfare because you are beginning to move in ways you never moved before. Every level will bring different realms of attack. Every season will require you to move differently. And people have a tendency to love you where they first met you. You better hear what I'm saying. But as the seasons began to change, and as new opportunities began to come, and as God began to open up new doors, and as new things began to come into view, everyone can't get to where God's trying to take you. Amen. Don't know who this word is for, but this is the way the Lord led me to go this morning. And come on here. And so as I was praying about this, I noticed that Sambalot, Tobias, and the Amorites all had something to say as the work began to develop. They were not there when the work was torn down. They were not there in the beginning of Nehemiah chapter 1. I dealt with that a few weeks ago. They were not there at the beginning when the walls had been torn down. They were not there trying to build up the gates. But the moment somebody else wanted to do it, they had something to say. And I want to submit to us today, God's going to call you to rebuild some things. He's going to call you to lay down some foundations. He's going to challenge you to do something you've never done before. And you must understand that there are some levels of warfare that come with the territory. Years ago, uh, I remember Mr. Long was telling a story years ago how he had went to visit a very, a very famous CEO. I won't say the person's name because if I said it, everybody wouldn't know. And he went to go visit them uh, in their offices. And they had one floor. I will catch this. They had one floor uh, in the offices. They had a big old high-rise story plate. And one floor where people scuttling back and forth. And he said, what floor is this? He said, oh, this is my lawyer floor. He said, what do you mean? He said, when you get at my level, people sue you that don't even know you. Amen. And he said, you say this so calmly. He said, oh, because you learn to live at it. You learn to live with it when you get to this place. Now, there were people on the ground from this skyscraper that wished they could be that person. But they did not know the pressure of what it costs to live in that purpose. 
today aspire for things based upon what we see in front of us. Not knowing what it takes to get something done. Now, I want you to understand this, and I want you to hear me. Now, this is very important. Uh, check our IG. Uh, this is very important because of where we are and what God is saying. Now, notice something here. The Bible says, they were having a mind to work. New Living Translation says, and it says this, it says the people worked with enthusiasm. They had a mind to work. They had a desire to work. They had uh, the ability to work. Let's bring this together. Let's bring this together. Uh, how do we then deal with all the threats that are happening around us? Both at home and abroad. I want to bring this message home to you now. How do we deal with all of the threats, both at home and abroad? Sister Rosa, let us know if we're good now. Both at home and abroad. How do we deal with this? How do we deal with uh, cost of living and goods increasing? Inflation. Uh, not just inflation, but also uh, now gas seeming to rise high. Normally, uh, you would have energy that would go down when gas goes up, and now it seems that everything is going up, and every time you turn around, they're giving a new excuse as to why. Was blown away the other day. Got an email uh, about how the Attorney General of New York is going after Carl Edison for trying to understand why the uh, energy prices, why the light bills have been so high. How do we handle the threat of inflation, the threat of high gas, the threat, and even if you don't drive, if you get anything with Uber, they give you a little gas surcharge. The threats all around us, crime and everything else that is happening. And then on the opposite end, the Bible then begins to deal with us on how we handle things both at home and abroad. Uh, but I, I want to submit to us this morning uh, that we are not the first people to deal with issues such as this. Uh, the biblical text, the topography of the text invites us to wrestle with the challenges of life that we also face and deal with today. And so if we're going to really navigate this season well and wisely, I believe that God wants us to navigate this season we're living in both wisely and well. Everybody say wisely. Wisely and well. well. And so if we're going to navigate this both wisely and well, there are some things we have to deal with. First of all, first of all, if we're going to thrive through a threat, first thing we've got to do, first thing we've got to do is walk. We've got to make sure that we walk a certain way. Quickly go, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And verse number 11. I want to look at it real quick. 2 Corinthians 
chapter 1 and verse number 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse chapter, chapter 1, verse number 11. I've been dealing with this on our teaching. I've been dealing with this on our teaching on Tuesdays, and I want to return to this right now. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, chapter 1, verse number 11. And notice what it says here. It says verse number 10 and verse number 11. Notice what it says here in verse number 10. All right, I'll read it from the manually from the Bible. Verse number 10, it says here, and he did rescue us from mortal danger. Now, Tuesday night, you remember this. He did rescue us from mortal danger. And he will deliver us again. So he did deliver us past. And he will deliver us again, future. We have placed our confidence in him, and he will continue to deliver us, present. So deliverance is both past, future, and present. Deliverance is both past, future, and present. He says he has delivered us. He will deliver us, and he is delivering us. So even when it does not look like something is happening, something is happening. Amen. That's why the old saying was in the song, the Lord is blessing me, not tomorrow. Hallelujah. Not next week. The Lord is blessing me right now. Why? It might not look like I'm being blessed right now. But when I understand how God works, I understand that when nothing is happening, something is still happening. Because he is moving right now. Amen. That's a word for somebody because you might be in a season where it doesn't seem like anything is happening. Your life might be right now just like the weather is outside. The leaves have not fully sprouted yet because the season has not been there for them. It does not mean that there is no bud on the tree. It's just a matter of time. That we see outwardly what's happening inwardly. The Bible says, glory to God, hallelujah. The Bible says uh, in verse number 10, he has delivered us. He shall deliver us and he will deliver us. Deliverance then is both past, future, and present. But I want to hold on to verse number 11. Because verse number 11 is the operative verse to understand where we are right now. And it says, and you are helping us by praying for us. Then many will give thanks because God has answered us because of the prayers of the people. God is going to deliver us because we corporately are praying. We have a tendency to call on God only when we get in trouble. But the scriptures are inviting us into an opportunity to understand that God is going to work on our behalf as we collectively continue to pray. Yes. I, got, I got news for you. Prayer is not a spiritual gift. No, Prayer is not a spiritual gift. And sometimes in the past, even in our ministry, we have challenges because some only thought that it was theologically a spiritual gift. Prayer is not a spiritual gift. Faith, you're called to have faith, but there are some with the gift of faith. We're all called uh, to walk in healing, but there are some called with the gift of healing. We may all have abilities to administrate, but there are some called with the gift of 
administration. Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28, shows us that there are some who are called to be apostles, some called to be prophets, some called to be teachers, some with gifts of healing and administration. Those are gifts. Faith is a gift. But prayer is a responsibility. Amen. Yes. Everybody is called to pray. Prayer is not a spiritual gift. Prayer is a responsibility. Every believer, no matter if you're a baby or a seasoned person, every believer has a responsibility to pray and read the word. Amen. Everybody. We're all called to pray and be in the ministry of the word. And too many times we have regulated too many times we have regulated, and I want you to hear me, too many times we have regulated prayer to something somebody else does. Instead of understanding it's something that we're all called to do. Paul deals with this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And verse number 10 it says, deliverance comes past, future, and present. I'm going to show you some more on Tuesday about that. But it happens because we all pray. So when we all pray, things shift. When we all pray, things change. When we all pray, some stuff that tries to get on you has to back up off of you because we're all collectively praying. Hallelujah. Now, we're called to walk and be prayerful. If we're going to develop the will to work, we're not just called to walk, but we're also called to watch. And we've got to be perceptive. One of the things. Pastor Josh, I wish we could call the Wildlife Federation for this. Because I've discovered there's another endangered species today. And that endangered species is discernment. Discernment has become an endangered species in the church. Give me a little more on this mic. Discernment has become an endangered species in the church. We don't know how to discern anymore. We think that just because somebody says they love Jesus, oh yeah, I love you. Oh, come on, break me, tell me something, give me a word. And we've got to learn. To discern. Everybody that says, Lord, Lord, and Jesus will look back and say, I never knew you. Some folk, uh, he sent, and others just went. So we're called to walk, and we're called to watch. That means we have to be perceptive. Uh, a lot of times, I tell you all the time, my wife is on social media, the evangelist, I'm the prophet. I say something when I hear it, and when I don't, I don't say nothing. I just be watching. And I was praying. I was praying during the pandemic a year and a half ago. And the Spirit of God said something to me very interesting. And I, I don't think I've said it publicly. Because most of the time he tells me certain things I don't say. And he said to me, he said, he said, there are many. He said, son, there are many in this hour who want to be famous. There are many who want to be known. There are many who want to be popular. He said, but I can't find any watchmen. He said, will you be a watchman for me? I need someone to stand on the wall and see what's happening. And speak against that which is not like me. We've got to we've got to learn how to walk in prayer, but we've also got to learn how to watch in discernment. We've got to learn how to walk in prayer, 
And we've got to learn how to watch in discernment. I, I, I'm at the point now where even when someone says something to me, I have to discern what, where it's coming from. Okay? Uh, you know, in the multitude of counsel, there is safety. But you better discern that counsel. Because there's a difference between divine counsel and demonic counsel. And everybody who has advice for you don't mean that that's advice you should take. You've got to learn how to discern the Spirit of God. And how do we discern the Spirit of God? By the Word. If it's contrary to the Word of God, it's not of God. And that's why we have so much deception today. We have so much deception today uh, because uh, we, we are easily deceived because of what people are saying. Because if it looks popular and a lot of people like it, it must be God. Well, John the Baptist wasn't like. Jesus, we sanitized Jesus. We put a whole bunch of hand sanitizer on Jesus. Jesus was not light. We're getting ready in the season of Lent. And in a few weeks, we're going to celebrate Palm Sunday, Passion Week, and Resurrection. And the same people who laid down garments and said, Hosanna, the next week said, crucify him. And they also said, don't put it just on us, but also our children. But they didn't know that their plot was a part of God's plan because he came to redeem the whole world. Amen. Notice what happens. Bible says we're called to walk. Secondly, we're called to watch. Thirdly, we're called to war. Won't you just say this with me? Put your arm on. Years ago, I, I, I had a lady that would pray for me all the time. And she would send me a little text message every now and then. It wasn't, it wasn't profound, but, but she would just text me every now and then. Keep your arm on. She would text me, keep your arm on. She said, she said, she said, Pastor D, I heard you, I heard you preaching out a lot now. Keep your arm on. And I, and I, at first when she used to say it, I said, keep, I said, I know she's going to say it. Keep on, on. And then as I began to grow, I realized, I realized the weight of what she was saying. It is very easy if, when it comes to the things of God to get complacent. And when you get complacent, you are prime material. You're fresh meat for an attack. I don't know who this word is for. And God is telling me right now that there's someone here under the sound of my voice, under this anointing. Right now, there are adversaries attacking you and you are acting as if it's a casual time. You're under spiritual attack and you've got to war in the spirit. And some stuff will not come without you understanding your position. One of my dear friends, Prophet White, and I talk about this all the time. Uh, you've got to understand your position. You know, today we don't think, I'm almost finished. Uh, why, why, why are you going this way? I, I, I know, I, I miss you. I need to get some things straight. Uh, do, you, do you understand that we're living in a time where people think the devil is not real? Amen, it's so true. Figure of your imagination. And do you know that one of the biggest deceptions today that is by the devil is to convince people to think he does not exist. Just the thought is demonic itself. Until you get under attack and everything you tried is not working. I'm telling you, I have seen yokes fall. I have seen chains fall. I have seen the 
called. We're called to walk. We're called to watch. We're called to war. And lastly, we're called to work. Now, now I want I want to, I want us to understand something. Because we sometimes think that prayer is passive. Prayer is not passive. Prayer, when we pray, prayer reshapes history. Do you know that God can heal your past? Do you know that no matter how many tears you shed because of how wrong you've been by somebody, God can heal your past? Do you know that God can heal the wounds of the human heart without surgery? Did you know that God can touch your mind and transform your mind in ways that, that seem impossible to some? Do you know that one word from God can make every single day of your life make sense? Do you understand that when you get in the presence of God, no matter what it looked like before you got in the presence of God, that thing has to shift because of the power of God. Hallelujah. The problem with living in the day is that we don't value the Spirit of God. Yes. And we don't value what He has given us. And I'm telling you right now, Warfare is not just what you do on your knees. Warfare is what you do on your feet. You stand in possession of what God has promised and ordained. I'm closing. I'm closing. My brother's keeping time. She knows it's time for me to wrap up. I'm closing. We're called to walk. We're called to watch. We're called to war. And we're called to work. I'll finish this again. Listen, go to Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. I want to close with this softly. Softly, thank you. Colossians chapter 3, verse 20. This is making sense. Just talk to me. Say amen. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 3. I'll finish this. I'll finish this. Colossians chapter 3. I've got so much here. I never am able to finish everything anyway. I don't even try. But Colossians chapter 3. Many have been hurting. And there is a word for you in the midst of your hurt. God has not left you. I just can't just want to put your pain in perspective. And to let you know he's not finished with you yet. He's not finished with you yet. He's not finished with you yet. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. This morning, my, my subject this morning is thriving through a threat. And you're going to thrive through a threat. The threats that are happening around us. You're going to thrive through a threat by how you walk, by how you watch, by how you war, and how you work. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. The Bible says, work willingly at whatever you do, as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward, and that the master you are serving is Christ. But if you do what is wrong, you'll be paid back for the wrong you have done. For God has no favors. That means we have to make sure that our hearts are in the right place. I tell people all the time, you cannot always help what is done to you, but you can help what you do to someone else. I'm going to say it again. You cannot always help what is done to you. But you can help what you do to someone else. And if 
your heart is in the right place, even what you have done, God will use it to make sure that you're strengthened, stronger than you've ever been. Thriving through a threat. Threats all around us, in our homes, in our families, in our schools. Threats all in front of us. God will grace you to thrive in the midst of every threat, in the midst of every circumstance, in the midst of every circumstance and situation. Unless you're driving or working, don't want you to get in trouble if you're listening to this word and you're working. Unless you're holding a device, lay your hand on your heart. Out of your heart flows the issues of life. Thank you, Jesus. I see your testimony, saints. Someone said, that was a word for me this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for working on hearts. Gentlemen, years ago, I was in a meeting. While I was in a meeting, a man came and placed his hand on my shoulder and said, Sir, I perceive that God's given me a very unique ministry. He said, he said your ministry is going to be different. He said, uh, why are you preaching? Why are you teaching? Why are you ministering? He said, uh, I see a sword. He said, God is literally going to cut stuff off of people while you preach. He said, so never, ever, ever question if what he gave you, he gave you. He said, because he's doing work on people behind the scenes. And I have come to mature enough to know that whenever I minister and stand, I don't preach for applause or response because I understand that sometimes God's doing something at a level unseen. Amen. The likes that no one else can see or do. As you lay your hand on your heart, I pray that even now, God would heal the contours of your heart. That he would heal the broken areas, broken spaces and broken places. That he will bring you into the fullness of what he's established and ordained. Father, we bless you. We honor you. We thank you for what you've done and what you're continuing to do. Now, Lord, blow on this message. Let it heal hearts. Let it heal minds. Do what you've called us to do for such a time as this. We give your name all the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're not saved, out of the ark of safety, we offer Christ to you. He died 2,000 years ago that you might be saved. And I, I, I've got a problem today uh, with all the preaching we're seeing around us. I told my brother the other day, I said, it's amazing. I said, it's almost as if now we, 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 we've become entertainment driven to the point where everything's a performance. And when things become performance, people don't get saved. The reason why we don't see conversion today is because we don't preach salvation. Amen. Your life has to change. And it changes when you come to know God. It changes when you come to know Jesus. Amen. And I'm telling you right now, I want my legacy and testimony to be, I got to know the Lord by coming to the global church. Amen. That's what we're all about. Do you know the Lord? Has he saved you? Has he delivered you? Has he set you free? You are not set under the word and remain the same. God wants to change you. You're under arrest right now by the spirit of God. I'm talking to you, you know who I'm talking to. He wants to save you. He wants to deliver you. He wants to set you free. Try it. Try it. I hear the Holy Ghost say, 
Watch me shake your world around in the next seven days. Watch me change your life in the next seven days. Watch me work. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I thank you for doing it. If you're not saved, I don't know how to say this is what you do. Uh, you let us know. Uh, reach out to us. We want to minister to you. We want to pray with you. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart that you are saved. Salvation is the first step. Discipleship is a journey. All of us are in the school of the Spirit, learning to know who Christ is in a more excellent way. So uh, you go to our website, globalfirenow.com. We have resources, scriptures, everything is there to help develop your journey in the life of a believer. Thank God. Uh, I want to, now we're going to invite you to sow into the kingdom of God. The word was ministered, the word was preached, uh, and the signs and wonders followed. I thank the Lord for moving by His Spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. For some of you, I hear the Lord saying, this is going to be a very peaceful season. Don't seem like it, but it's going to be. I speak the peace of God over you. That's why you need to make sure you stay connected to this Word. I don't care what's going on in your life. Don't let anybody distract you when it's time for the Word of the Lord to go forth. Hallelujah. Keep your mind, keep your heart. On the word of God. Let's sow into the kingdom of God today. Let's sow into the kingdom of God. God loves a cheerful giver, not a stingy giver. Uh, let's sow into the kingdom of God. The people had a mind to work. There is no limit when God is in it. We have a mind to work. We have a mind to grow. We have a mind to sow. Amen. If you're sowing today, uh, you can do so. If you're sowing via cash app, you can do so. Dollar sign. Global fire. Now, God bless you, Sister Simi, from uh, Canada. God bless you. God has just been expanding our ministry in Canada, and it's so amazing because 10 years ago, that man and I was traveling to Canada all the time, wanting to start a global church, and now we're touching people in Canada. You can give via dollar sign, Global Fire now. Uh, you can give also as Cash App, Dr. White, we love you. God bless you. Amen. She helped raise me. God bless you. We see you on. Uh, you can give via Zelle. You can sell globalfirenow at gmail.com. Uh, you can also go on our website, globalfirenow.com, or you can text the word global, G-L-O-B-A-L, to 51400. It's the last Sunday of the month. Uh, let's be liberal in our giving, uh, and let's watch what God does. Uh, we were, was talking with our church accountant the other day, and he was uh, very well pleased uh, at how God has blessed us to be a wise steward for what we have. doesn't mean it's a lot. But it means we use it wisely for the kingdom of God. Amen. Uh, and we're so grateful to God. Well, Father, I bless every seed. I bless every gift. Under the sound of my voice, I thank you for what you're doing and what you're continuing to do. I bless you for uh, the opportunity to sow into the kingdom of God. I thank you for blessing every gift, even now, for the upbuilding of your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And we give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' name. Thank God.